Good day, everyone, and welcome to Breaking Boundaries. I am your host, Talumba Katawala, Employer Brand Manager at Technip Energy. I'm thrilled to introduce our new guest, Purnima Sharma, a senior management executive who has created a noticeable career path in the energy industry. With a passion for process technology projects, Purnima has not only risen to the rank of a senior level manager, but has also established herself as an inspiring symbol of strength and determination. Hailing from India, Putnima's journey took her across continent to the U.S., where she pursued her engineering career with tenacity. With over 35 years of experience as a chemical engineer, she accumulates an impressive track record of high-performing engineering projects. Currently calling California home, Putnima is at the helm of operations for Europe and the Americas business line, too. Get ready to be inspired as Putnima shares her insights, experiences, and strategies for leadership in the dynamic industry. Hello, Putnima. How are you today? I'm very well, Tiloma. Thank you very much for having me on this podcast. So you're the VP of Operations for Europe and Americas at Technip Energies. Can you tell me more about you, your background, and what it is that you do? Absolutely. I I think I'd like to start by uh, telling you a little bit about my current role. So, yes, I am the uh, VP of Operations, as you said, for Europe and Americas for Business Line 2. And my primary responsibility is to provide an oversight on projects in these two geographical regions. And the main purpose is to assure the financial performance of the projects. Uh, I do help the assigned uh, project managers to manage the challenges on the project. Uh, I review execution plans, uh, procurement strategies, uh, contractual issues, so it's, it's very interesting uh, work. I also spend a lot of time working with the commercial group and OTD to develop technical and commercial strategies on uh, prospects. And uh, very interestingly, I do get an opportunity sometimes to lead strategic initiatives for the business line, uh, join in the collaborations with uh, various uh, third-party companies that uh, are in the energy transition uh, business, And then I also act as a sponsor on critical uh, projects where I get to uh, interface with the clients. So quite an uh, interesting uh, role right now. You've got your hands full. Uh, Yes, it's been very interesting for the last year and a half. You said OTD. What is that? The uh, 110 Delivery Organization. Uh, So all our resources uh, come from uh, 110 Delivery. And it's a very important part of the of establishing the execution strategy uh, for projects is the resource availability and where the expertise lies. Cool. So my guess is your background in chemical engineering, you did not foresee this being your future. What was it like? You know, what are some elements of your your childhood or the environment where you grew up that sort of prepared you for this? Where did you go to school? How did you how did you how did you get here? <laughs> It's, it's a very interesting question because I started my career as a chemical engineer. Uh, I'm a chemical engineer by training from Indian Institute of Technology uh, in Delhi. Uh, and um, um, I have worked in a, you know, a variety of roles uh, as process engineer, uh, as I was a ethylene plant technologist, uh, was my first job. And I always assumed that the engineering would continue to be my entire career, meaning I would be a design engineer uh, and and be an expert in a particular technology. 
but life brings uh, various uh, interesting opportunities. Uh, we moved uh, from India to the U.S., uh, my husband and I, with a very young daughter. So we came for an adventure. And uh, uh, I joined uh, Kinetics Technology International here in the U.S., and that was later bought by Technip, and that's how I came into Technip. But um, I took on multiple roles. Um, for many years, I was a process engineer, um, designing hydrogen plants and, and syngas plants, and then uh, moved on to lead the process group in LA and in Houston, and then other roles. And I was gaining a lot of uh, experience in a wide range of business uh, challenges, not just in design. And a very interesting opportunity arose in 2012 when Technip acquired Stone & Webster mm -hmm. uh, as a company, and they formed a global group called Process Technology. So I was offered the position of a managing director for the Houston operation. Mm -hmm. And that's how my exposure to the business side widened. And it was an all-round experience to manage technical, financial, contractual side of running an operation. And it was a phenomenal opportunity for me, especially because Stone and Webster was a technology leader in ethylene and FCC and gave uh, the Houston operation a very strong foundation to be very profitable. So that's how my transition came from being a process engineer into uh, a managing director and now to a, a VP of operations. So, but, so when you graduated, when you were a young, ambitious chemical engineer living in India, when when you were there, have you did you envision this for yourself? Did you have like a very clear path that you wanted to take, maybe some ambitions or goals? Had you seen people that kind of uh, inspired you or acted as some kind of guiding life for what you wanted to do for your career? What did you project for your future as an engineer then? You know, um, when I finished high school, uh, the the environment in India was there were a lot of women who were going into professional careers. Mm -hmm. But those professional careers at that time that were open to women were more oriented towards the medical sciences, towards teaching, towards academics. Right. And engineering was a was a new field for women. And mm -hmm. um, I was very much attracted uh, towards engineering um, for a variety of reasons, but I was very attracted to uh, to engineering, um, but I was I was successful to join the Indian Institute of Technology. The competition was was pretty tough, but uh, I was one of the you know the I, I managed to get myself admitted to that institute. We were only forty women in the entire institute, and I think we were four of us in engineering, and the rest of them were in the sciences. Right. Um, but chemical engineering uh, became a passion. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed my my learning at uh, IIT and then the design career that uh, that followed. Um, but it, what was very fulfilling was to see a design on paper that you create actually operate. So uh, it kind of grew with, uh, I was fortunate to join chemical engineering that I enjoyed. But to say that I envisioned my career to go in this path, I don't think anybody would have, uh, I would have been very surprised if somebody told me that I would go towards the business side, yeah. uh, ultimately, uh, you know, after so many years. But uh, it has been a fascinating uh, journey to see all aspects of our business uh, and all aspects of the oil and gas industry. What did what did you do that differentiated you from other people with the same skill sets that you acquired in university? 
to kind of open these opportunities for you? I think it's the ability to learn new things. Right. I think if you shy away from, I don't understand the business or I don't understand the strategy and I leave it to someone else uh, because I'm not interested in it, and that's absolutely fine. I think mm-hmm. the very important thing to understand within Technip today, Technip Energies today, is that a technical career ladder is as important as the business career ladder. Right. So I would not uh, say to any of my colleagues and the and the uh, young engineers coming up the chain that they have to follow a particular path. You have to follow the path that you enjoy. Mm. And there is a career to be built in both the the technical expertise side as well as the business side. And uh, I think there are so many opportunities in all these fields. So I think I benefited from the fact that I enjoyed the business side as much as I enjoyed the engineering. And if you don't do that, if that's not for you, that's not to say that Technip is not the place for you. It's absolutely the right company to be with. So my advice to the younger engineers coming up would be you choose what is gives you uh makes you feel good about your job right and you pick the career uh, ladders inside that role right right yeah because it's here you have kind of like a playground for both right it's uh, very important because the technical ladder uh our uh, our expert network i mean has been formed to highlight how important that technical a career ladder is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, I think the recognition of our experts, we wouldn't be Technip Energies without our experts. So there is an immense opportunity within the technical ladder also. So then in your role as VP of operations for the American and European region, we know that your business line is dedicating so much time to developing the sustainable aviation fuels business. One of the fuels which is taking a very important space in the public debates and in the media these days? I think this is a, a very important question for the oil and gas industry. And, and I'm really glad that Technip Energies is focusing so much of their time, uh, not only on SAF, but many of the energy transition uh, uh, opportunities out there. But aviation, as you know, is an area which is very hard to abate uh, emissions from. So you can imagine that, you know, we're not going to see airplanes powered with electricity or hydrogen in the near future. It it will still be a, a hydrocarbon based fuel. Right. So sustainable aviation fuel or, or uh, SAF plays a very important role to reduce the carbon footprint of aviation. The challenge, of course, today is to be able to produce it in large volumes. And what we are finding is that the uh, policies by the governments are helping Uh, bring this industry to life. So, -hmm. for example, in the U.S., there is a a grand challenge to produce 3 billion gallons of SAF by 2030 and 35 billion gallons by 2050. And in Europe, uh, there is a strict percentage of uh, SAF that has to be added to the aviation fuel that will go up to as much as 70 percent by 2050. So the -hmm. government policies are helping uh, create a new industry. And so within Technip Energies, we have recognized the importance of SAF as a key product of energy transition. And uh, everybody uh, has heard about the iconic uh, product that we uh, are offering now for the production of SAF, which is the combination of Hummingbird for dehydrating ethanol to ethylene and followed by Lanza Jet's uh, production of SAF out of ethylene. 
So uh, that is a very important uh, offering to the market that would be announced uh, somewhere in November uh, as a as a iconic product to the industry. And uh, we will be ready to sell uh, SAF projects in 2024. So a very important area for Technip Energies to be engaged with. 2024, that's now. It's now. We are ready to offer it now. Uh, you mentioned that you moved to the U.S. or you took this uh, role in the U.S. back in 2012. And I know at the time, um, I mean, nowadays, diversity and inclusion, I think it's something that most people are used to talking about or it's on everybody's agenda. So it's very much, uh, there's a lot of awareness about it, but I'm pretty sure back then it wasn't such a, a big topic. So the being from a different cultural background and belonging to a traditionally underrepresented group in your field require you to make kind of additional efforts to do your job and to prove your capabilities? I think it's it's always the case when you move to a new environment. You are new to a job, you're new to a country. So it always takes an extra effort. Um, but I think the, the key is you have to be able to keep a positive attitude. Uh, you have to trust in people. Um, and um, um, it was surprised to me when I came into the U.S. I, I thought I would find more women in engineering and it was the other way around. India seemed to be a little ahead in terms of opening uh, engineering careers for women. Uh, so that was a bit of a surprise. But now that I see uh, many more women in Technip Energies, I think that the world is changing. Um, also, I think the uh, the cause of women in engineering has been taken up by a lot of allies, including uh, the men uh, in our industry who are also supporting and promoting uh, the women uh, joining the engineering industries. So a lot of progress has been made in the last uh, 30 years. But I think ultimately it was uh, a positive attitude, uh, willingness to learn. Um, you know, everything about the country was different. Uh, the language was different, even though I spoke English. The American English can sometimes be very different. And there were some hilarious conversations when we were talking past each other, uh, both speaking uh, English. But you have to be ready to learn and uh, you have to push yourself into uncomfortable solutions. Uh, you know, when you come into a new environment, uh, you have to... Uh, be resilient. I think that's kind of the trend in uh, every, I mean, throughout this conversation, I think you bring up this willingness to learn a lot. I Like it's something, it's a quality that I think is going to be detrimental to anybody to succeed. I, mean, I guess in any job, but specifically here too. I think in any job. Yeah. I think in any job, if you're not willing to learn, uh, you get uh, isolated from all the innovation and the development that's going on. So you have to learn and you have to learn uh, the perspective of the other side that you're speaking with. It's the, for us, for example, it's our colleagues. It's uh, it's the other people in the organization. It could be clients. If you don't understand their perspective, uh, you can't offer the best that Technip Energies has to offer. So the, so that's in your, in your work environment. And I know you have a daughter. <laughs> I do. Does she know that you're recording a podcast? Did you call her about that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I have not told her about this. I, I generally tell her about everything that's happening, but yeah. somehow not this. Well, she will be pleasantly surprised. And and you have a granddaughter. I have grand two grandsons. Grandsons. Okay, that's perfect. So that's perfect. 
So in your journey, in your cultural journey between, you know, you left India already as a quite a very developed woman. So you already had some foundations that were built back in your home and moved into the U.S., which I would say, I would say polar opposites of India uh, in terms of uh, the, the, the cultures. Right. Absolutely. And then you're raising your daughter there. Um, not only that, you're raising your daughter in quite a fast-paced career and an environment too. So I'm sure there's some tales and some situations between the blend of the American culture and you know adapting into the work environment, being a mother. And Indian mothering is not the same as American mothering as well. And today, your daughter is also a mom. So can you share some some stories and some maybe mishaps or, or interesting things that you, you experienced um, in adapting uh, into that life? I, I empathize with all of the working mothers. Talumba, you're one of them. And uh, <laughs> I, I really empathize with, with all the working mothers. I think the work-life balance is a challenge for uh, working mothers. There is no doubt about that. Uh, there were plenty of mishaps, plenty of uh, you know times when you have to lean on friends because you are in a new country, you don't have a family uh, network, you lean on friends to help. That, I think, is part and parcel of women who want careers. I think this is the challenge we face. Today, the environment is much better because the men are contributing to it. And, uh, you know, my husband was a big help. Uh, during the times when I had to travel and he had to take care of uh, the the daughter at home. And so it was a a balance between what the family could do for you, what your friends could do for you. But ultimately, um, I think the children benefit also from uh, seeing both parents having satisfying careers and being successful. Uh, rather than being unhappy and and not being able to do what you wish to do. Right. Uh, I, I think that is mostly the case, as long as you can keep a balance between work and family life. Um, I'm very fortunate. My daughter is a professional. She's doing a, a very challenging career in a medical device company. So okay. she's very successful. A uh, working mother has two two sons, and the husband and wife team are making it work. So uh, I do. I never underestimate the challenge, but I think if the women are uh, doing what they want to do, they are happier as mothers. Mm. Uh, so I think that's an important consideration besides all the challenges that come. And the challenges uh, are amazing because if you have to travel at short notice and you can't find someone to leave your child with, what do you do? Mm-hmm. So those are the kind of, uh, you know, challenges or your child is sick and you are required at work. What do you do? So I, I think my experiences are no different from Tolumba, what you are facing today. The last time you we spoke, you had a sick child at home and you were trying yeah. to conduct an interview with me. So yeah. <laughs> these are, uh, 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 I think women are amazing at juggling and doing great at uh, both uh, being mothers and wives and uh, business people. And I very strongly believe that companies like Technip Energies need to recognize this challenge and can truly find ways to assist young mothers and young parents without compromising the business needs. Uh, so that's very, very important. I think that the companies uh, pay attention to these challenges. But then what continuously surprises you? What, what inspires you to, um, 
to be better, to continue to develop more. I mean, you are where you are today. You have such a strong track record of success. You're working on something um, fantastic like SAF or the sustainable aviation fuel. But what keeps you inspired? What keeps you on your toes? What keeps you wanting to do more? I think we are at a very, very interesting phase in our industry. Uh, you know, this energy transition um, is really changing the face of our industry. It is bringing so much new uh, things to learn, new technologies. And you can, uh, I feel that, you know, we are responsible for improving the environment for the next generation. So I think that is a huge driver that keeps the interest going. Uh, you know, when you have grandchildren, you want to, you feel responsible for their future. That's so great. if the oil and gas industry doesn't change their act and impact this uh, emission reduction question significantly, the planet will not be the same for our grandchildren. Right. So I think that has given me a different uh, point of view of our industry and want to be part of that change mm. to ensure that, you know, whatever little impact I can make in our industry towards improving the climate uh, while keeping all of the benefits of the oil and gas industry at the same time. I think that is what is re-energizing my interest in the oil and gas business. So uh, I think the the fact that Technip Energies has taken a turn towards the energy transition makes mm. our work that much more interesting. Uh, it is not business as usual. You're trying to make a, an immense change in the way the oil and gas business works. Mm. So I think that keeps me really motivated. So now it's time for a signature question, <laughs> which we usually ask to every person when uh, when we get to this point of the podcast. And I, it's kind of my one of my favorite questions because it always um, brings up uh, different types of answers. Because I mean, in your career, which I've heard so much about, I can I can almost you know pick for myself your the the breaking boundary moment but what has been that moment for you what has been that moment that has marked you you for you know the rest of your life something that you look back on uh either in your personal path or your business path what has been a moment that kind of really set you and said okay this is my boundary breaking moment this is the switch this is when i this is when i don't give up <laughs> I think there, there are many, many such uh, things I could bring up, both on the personal side and the work-related side. But let me just stay on the work-related side. There are two, two occurrences on the work side, or let's say the professional side, right. that change the course of, uh, changes the course of your life. I think the first one was uh, uh, getting admitted into the Indian Institute of Technology as a woman as an uh, for an engineering course. Uh, that was, it was a very, very competitive entrance um, uh, process. There was a very uh, challenging written exam and hundreds of thousands of people applied for uh, that job, that, that admission. Um, right. So that phone call that I received that I was one of the people who was, uh, you know, admitted was quite a, uh, uh, you know, defining moment in my life, because if I had not taken the engineering path, 
what else would I have done? I was not interested in the medical sciences. So that was a very pivotal and I was a teenager and it was a life changing uh, event from a pro- professional right. uh, career. So that it was very memorable. And the other memorable time was, of course, uh, when you come into a new country and you do feel that you can you were selected to run an operation as a managing director. I think that was the next memorable uh, position. And it was for a new acquisition. It was a a risk for the company to take me on and say, "Okay, go join, uh, be the MD of a new acquisition. Uh, That was quite a quite a memorable moment for me. So those two I I would uh, offer to your question. Thank you so much for your time, Purnima. And this brings us to the end of today's episode. We hope you enjoyed listening and learned something new from our guest. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and on your favorite platform. We'll be back soon with another fascinating topic and expert guests. Until then, stay curious and keep breaking boundaries. Be part of the solution.